Hello and welcome to Just Stories. We share inspiring stories of real people leading lives impacted by social justice, advocacy, and service. Here, how our guests have used their experiences to make a difference in the lives of others. And remember, it's all about the story, theirs and yours. Just Stories. Hi, Jean. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Cheryl. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm enjoying this better weather. And I've been uh, just having a great time with my dog this weekend and loving my pup rocket. You have a dog, right? I do. His name is Harold. He's a 17-year-old dog small or I'm sorry he's a 17 pound dog who thinks he's human but he's a really great companion he's love uh, we love having him around he's a member of the family actually what's the name of your dog rocket rocket oh rocket though we thought he was going to be a fast dog he's kind of a mid-sized uh beagle terrier mix so he's a little chunky so he really is not any rocket speed at all (laughs) but we love him well, that's great. And so with the weather getting better, you probably you and Rocket are probably out more. Yes. In fact, Rocket inadvertently introduced us to our guest today. Oh, do tell. I shall. Um, so my dog has a girlfriend, Rolo, who totally dominates the relationship. She's a very large lab. She's large and in charge. Um, and her owner, Joni, is very... Um, active and interested in the earth and the environment. And she would always, well, frequently talk about this man, Pete. Hmm. Yes. AKA Prairie Pete. Um, And Pete is very passionate about the environment. And she would talk about how knowledgeable he was, how great he was with her students and how they both served on this Rolling Meadows environmental committee. Oh, wow. So, um, well, I'm really glad to, know that he's here and I'd love to hear more about him. Do you have just a little bio about him? Yeah. So this is Pete Jackson is his, is his name and Pete's married and he's raised his two kids in Arlington Heights, Brian and Emily. He's a retired biologist who has been involved and interested in the natural world his whole life from being a child. Mm. Um, He has his undergraduate and graduate degrees in biology he worked in biology. He even worked, Gene, with the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he's a, he's a smart man. and He's got a lot of experience. Um, he retired in 2016, and he's been active in volunteer conservation in Cook County, McHenry County for like 25 years. So he is the perfect man to talk to today. Oh, that is so great. Let's bring him in. Yeah. So welcome, Pete. So good to have you. Hey there. Glad to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. So, Pete, we were talking about our dogs. Do you have a dog? I don't. I have two cats. Oh, um, nice. And they're uh, they're good buddies. I think one of them thinks he's a dog. Um, <laughs> he play, he plays fetch, you know. And um, but they follow me around all the time. And I thought they might be a little distracting here this morning, so they're locked out of the office so that I can uh, talk to you guys. What are their names? Uh, their names are Lucky and Prince. Lucky is the girl and Prince is the, the boy. They're, they're siblings. And uh, we got them from um, the Buddy Foundation in Arlington Heights. Uh, they were two little kittens in the kitten room. And 
um, you know, we, we brought one home and we decided, you know, we need, they need to be together. So we went and got the other one. Oh, that's amazing. That's so sweet. So very sweet. You kept the family together. Yeah. All right. So, um, so Pete, why don't you just tell us more about, um, who you are and like how you became so interested in nature? Uh, I, I think it's from when you were a child. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Mount Prospect and, uh, I've been around a long time. So that was a long time ago, but, um, I was fortunate in that, um, you know, my dad would, uh, my, both my parents were real supportive of my, uh, my kind of nature, um, interests. But, um, I think I got my start because my dad was always taking me fishing summers. We would go visit relatives in Minnesota and my grandparents had a cabin on a lake. And so the best part of my life as a child was uh, spending summers on that lake in Minnesota and uh, fishing. And then, but we would fish all year round. My dad would take me ice fishing every weekend and um, just being outdoors and in nature all the time, you know, it just really grew on me. And I, I developed a love for nature and, um, you know, a concern with environmental issues follows naturally from that. Um, and that environmental uh, protection interest uh, led to a career as a biologist and also got me involved as a conservation volunteer. That is so cool. You have um, mentioned to us about your daughter, Emily, and your shared passion for um, prairie, the environment. Can you tell us more about her? Sure. Um, she was. Um, just an awesome kid. And, um, you know, she, she would just, um, she was such a buddy and we went on a lot of nature jaunts together. And, um, one of the places we would visit quite frequently was, was prairies. There are, um, a few small remaining remnants of the original Illinois prairie that are kind of tucked away in different places. Um, one was called Palatine Prairie, which is, um, just outside of downtown Palatine. And, you know, another one that we visited was called Wolf Road Prairie, um, not too far away and places like that. And so we would go visit these prairies and, um, you know, that was just something we enjoyed doing together was kind of uh, going and visit, visiting some of these, these special uh, remnants of uh, original Illinois landscape. And so when, when we talk about prairies, like, there is this passion that you have about prairies and when people see a prairie they might mistakenly think oh that's just a bunch of weeds right so what was it that drew you and emily to these prairies you know when you go into a remnant prairie in full bloom in the middle of summer it doesn't really take an expert to appreciate that i mean the beautiful flowers just anybody would, would appreciate them and uh and so i well what i did know was where they were located because they're, they're so scarce. We've lost, you know, 99.9% .9 of the original Illinois prairie. So there's less than one one hundredth of 1% of the original Illinois prairie remaining as these little postage stamp patches of remnant prairie habitat. So um, I was fortunate and then I was kind of plugged into the conservation community and I knew where, where to find these places. Wow. I didn't realize it was that much devastated. Yeah. That's 
Yeah, I mean, uh, most of the land that we live on today was was prairie or perhaps oak savanna or oak woodland or or perhaps even a wetland um, back before the area was colonized. I know you um, also said you'd been involved in uh, at Deer Grove, which um, our podcast is supported by our church, Our Savior's Lutheran Church. And we have gone there on like Earth Day to help clean up Deer Grove Forest Preserve. What a great way to be outdoors and exercise and do something. I went like two, three times and just enjoyed it so much. It was just such an enjoyable thing to do. Well, you probably ran into me because uh, many of those Earth Days, I was kind of the organizer. Um, yeah, we've had a string of about, um, I don't know, eight good Earth Day events pre-pandemic. Uh, and it, it's amazing, you know, 300 people. Uh, we, we, we usually luck out and get great weather. And uh, it's a great match with Earth Day because everybody's kind of wanting to do something like that. And, uh, but I, I, I got involved in Deer Grove a number of years ago. Um, uh, somebody invited me to a work day there. And I've been, that was back in the late nineties and I've been going there ever since. That's kind of where I really got my grounding in, um, what we call eco volunteer ecological restoration. Um, and, um, you know, I, I sort of, for a long time, I was sort of, uh, the, the main, uh, organizer of that. I'm still one of the co-leaders, uh, out there, but, um, yeah, those Earth Day events are, are a lot of fun. And so when um, when you work with these groups that come to the prairie, do you also go to schools and small groups and talk with them too? Like, um, how do you keep this interest in sustaining the prairies um, and and reaching out to younger communities? Well, I'm I'm really I'm really blessed because I have uh, a number of opportunities that have have kind of entered my life. I mean, Deer Grove is a big one. And that is um, where, you know, there there's a site, there's a group of people, including myself, who are knowledgeable and can um, host uh, work days, you know, on, on weekends. And that's been going on for, we're in our 26th year there. Um, and so that's kind of, um, and, and we're open to, um, not just our regular volunteers who, who come regularly, but outside groups like school groups, church groups, um, you know, and so on. Um, but then um, this Prairie Project in Rolling Meadows um, came up as a separate endeavor. And, um, you know, I'd been kind of working with the Rolling Meadows Environmental Community, a small group of uh, folks in Rolling Meadows who are trying to uh, – make rolling meadows as green as they can and trying to, you know, promote awareness of environmental issues in the community. And, uh, they were hoping to have an earth day event there. And so I said, well, you know, I'm kind of experienced at running earth day events. Why don't I come and try and find a site where we can do a habitat cleanup or something. And so I was walking around, um, rolling meadows looking for a site where we might be able to do some good. And, um, I came upon this ugly weed patch um and in this case the weed is a plant called teasel it's the ugliest plant on god's earth <laughs> and it, it's it's not native to the united states 
And so it's what we call an invasive plant or a plant out of place. And it's so aggressive that it had formed what we call a monoculture, just one plant, like a, think of a cornfield, you know, where you just have a field of corn stalks, nothing else. Well, that's a lot like what teasel looks like. It's just this rigid, tall, stiff, bristly, nasty plant. And it just took over the site. It was the ugliest thing you've ever seen. And I immediately thought, well, wouldn't it be nice if somebody planted a prairie there, you know? And it didn't take many hours of kind of kicking that around in my head before I thought, you know, I think I want to do that. And so um, I started working on that in, I think, November of 2011. And um, I had another idea, and that is I thought, I wonder if I could name it Emily's Prairie after 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 my daughter and um we haven't gotten into this yet but um emily uh, lost her life unexpectedly at the age of 18 and in, in 2006 mm, so sorry and so i was thank you i i was um you know th- this is something that that i just it, it just kind of like a light bulb in my in my head i just thought well this might be a, a very therapeutic thing for me to be able to not only make this into a beautiful prairie where there was a weed patch for everybody to enjoy, but if I could name it after Emily, it'd be like a memorial, you know, and then I have even more motivation to, to work on it and and to uh, maintain it. So I checked with the city. They said, yep, that would be, we would be honored, you know, to name it Emily's Prairie. And so I got started working on it. And three years later, um, (laughs) there's a, uh, a really pretty prairie there. And then um, a few years ago, we had a dedication ceremony and um, we had a sign put in that bears Emily's name. Oh, and yeah. uh, the mayor, the mayor came out and we had a bunch of people out there. And um, so it's sort of officially on the map as a, as an asset, a community asset for everybody to enjoy. And it, it's strategically situated between uh, two schools, um, uh, um, you know, uh, Cheryl mentioned her friend, Joni, Joni's a teacher at Willow Bend, uh, grade school. And Joni runs the earth club there. And that's how I kind of connected with Joni is she, uh, kind of sought me out to try to kind of, um, have me connect the students with the prairie, which has been a, a wonderful experience. And, uh, the other side is Rolling Meadows high school. And, before the pandemic hit, I was just in the process of uh, uh, getting involved with uh, a couple young teachers there who work in the new ag program at Rolling Meadows High School. They have a greenhouse. And so things just keep getting better with the prairie. It just seems to attract interest and enthusiasm and, and partnerships. So um, do you have any stories or you want to share any experiences about a particular person who came your way when you were teaching or or uh planting or um you know just connecting with your community yeah um you know working uh, as a up to this point it's been mostly with willow bend uh, with their earth club and um you know i'm always amazed at those kids how um i i, I think they're third grade maybe fourth somewhere in there and um, I'm always amazed at how how attentive they are and how interested they are and how 
bright they are. And so whenever, you know, I don't see them that often, but let's say a couple times a year we get together and we'll walk out to the prairie and I'll ask the kids a question. I'll say like, okay, so do you guys see these uh, insects on these flowers? Can anybody tell me what's going on there? You know, and this is before I've given them my pollinator talk, you know, just kind of to get things started, you know, and hands will shoot up and I'll say, sure. What do you think? You know, oh, well, um, you know, the insects are basically um, getting nectar from the flowers. So the insects benefit and then they're flying from plant to plant and they're, they're, um, transferring pollen from one plant to another, fertilizing the flowers so that the plants can reproduce and make seed. So the plants benefit. And I'm just like, you already knew that? I mean, it's, it's just amazing how, um, how they're just so open to, you know, they, they know what's going on. And I think a lot of that credit goes to, to Joni and, um, her work with them in the earth club. But we, we typically go out with them and, you know, we're usually either collecting seeds, sowing seed or planting something. And um, I remember one day we were out sowing seed. And so what we'll do is you know, there's maybe 60 plant species out there. And so the way I like to collect the seed is I like the seed to be collected individually by species. So I have to explain to the students um, how to recognize, you know, a compass plant or how to recognize a blazing star. And then I give them a bag and I say, okay, now here's what a blazing star looked like. You take this bag and go collect some more blazing star seed, just only blazing star seed. Well, a couple boys came up to me and I think one's name was Kyle. And uh, they said, uh, okay, Mr. Jackson, we're ready to collect some more seed. I said, okay, well see that tall plant that looks like a big microphone stand with a sunflower kind of flower at the top. Well, why don't you go collect that? That's compass plant. And um, you'll have to kind of work your way into the middle of the prairie. But, um, you know, here's a bag and go collect some compass plant seed. So they disappeared and we were, you know, I was kind of working with the different groups of students. We had them up, uh, paired up. And um, towards the end of the day, um, Kyle and his buddy came out of the prairie they said here's here's the compass plant seed mr jackson and i looked down at kyle's head and um <laughs> there's this plant called stick seed it's a weed and it's called stick <laughs> uh -oh. seed because if you if you rub against it it just in the fall when the seeds are dry it just covers your clothes with seeds and they're really hard to get off well kyle had this really short haircut and his head was covered in <laughs> stick seeds. And so I was horrified. And, you know, the bell rang and it's like, okay, we got to go back to, you know, we got to get back to the school. And, and Joni and I are like trying to pick off these little gnarly seeds and we couldn't get them out of his hair. And I was just scared to death. I was like, oh, the parents are going to be furious. Well, it, it turns out that um, he's got, Kyle's got really understanding parents <laughs> and uh, at a subsequent uh, event, it may have been an earth day. Um, Kyle came and he brought his parents and I got to meet him and they were very nice and we had a good laugh about it, but uh, I don't know how they got those stick seeds out of Kyle's hair, but 
it was nasty. It's bad enough when they're in your clothes, but when they're in your hair, you know, it's it's bad. But yeah, well, it's funny. it's always just so rewarding to get those kids out there, you know. And so what what sort of advice would you give to people in general? You know, like we're all about advocating, heightening awareness. Um, I would mentioned before that, you know, some people might overlook a prairie and think, you know, it's just a bunch of weeds. But obviously it is not. There's a lot of habitat in there. Illinois is completely devastated. So anybody who's trying to restore prairie should, you know, be... Uh, there should be more advocacy for that or heightening of awareness for that. So what sort of tips could you give to our listeners about prairie restoration or how they can even, you know, spread the good seed about uh, what, what you're talking about today? Well, um, you're, you're right. I mean, they're devastated is, is, a powerful word, but it's probably not an inappropriate one. Um, you know, we have invasive species encroaching on our prairies, our woods, our wetlands. Um, you know, uh, climate change is something that is less uh, visible, I guess, um, but it is occurring, and it's uh, it's adding stress to these these ecosystems. Um, we have we have uh, water quality is deteriorated, um, you know, and things have a way of cascading. So you have climate change, which is leading to more um, in our area. It's leading to more um, severe weather events, heavy rainfall, you know, flooding and, and the like. And flooding leads to um, these torrents of water that come shooting down. For example, Salt Creek, where the prairie is, Emily's Prairie is. Uh, just gets pounded by these heavy rainfalls, and it scours the the soil away from the banks. So now you have soil erosion. You're losing soil into the water. So the the, the sedimentation from that is polluting the water. So now the aquatic life in the stream are suffering, and so it's just one thing leads to another. Um, but the good news is, you know, um, there are things that can be done. You know. Um, Joining uh, for people in Rolling Meadows or around Rolling Meadows, uh, the Rolling Meadows Environmental Committee is a group of people who get together and uh, try to um, kind of in make people aware of some of these concerns and uh, try and think of ways that they can uh, help um, uh, restore some of our uh, natural areas and uh, try to minimize our impact on, on the environment. Um, there are also a number of established volunteer organizations, such as at Deer Grove that I spoke about earlier. Um, and if people wanted to get involved either with the Rolling Meadows Environmental Committee or the Deer Grove Natural Areas Volunteers, um, they could, they're both on Facebook. So they could just um, Google those two titles, Deer Grove Natural Areas Volunteers and also Rolling Meadows Environmental Committee, and they can find our Facebook pages and that will lead them to uh, learn how they can get involved. Uh, Deer Grove has one, sometimes two work days every weekend. And um, uh, so there's, there's plenty of opportunity to get involved here locally. And there are other organizations all throughout the Chicago region. Um, Cook County, for example, the, the Forest Preserves of Cook County has 91 uh, volunteer managed 
oh, sites. Wonderful. Just just in Cook County. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's plenty of opportunities. I live up in McHenry County now, and um, I'm involved in three different uh, sites up here and three different organizations as well. So, um, you know, there, there's plenty of opportunities um, depending on where you live. Uh, there's somewhere nearby that uh, volunteers are, are coming out and, you know, no experience is necessary. It's a kind of a just come and, and be, be ready to learn. And, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, some people come because they get a great, it's, it's a great way to stay in shape. Other people come because they really enjoy learning about our local ecosystems, uh, the good and the bad, you know, what's wrong with them. And, um, once they begin to see, oh, wow, look what we did. You know, we just cleared all that buckthorn out of those oak woods. Wow. That looks much different than when we got here. Oh, that makes me feel really good, you know. And and I know uh, Cheryl mentioned Earth Day, so she probably remembers the exhilarating feeling of a large number of people invading the woods and clearing out uh, brush and invasive brush. And it, it's just a really good uh, good feeling to be able to contribute in that way. I, I do remember Pete, and I remember I never looked at the forest preserve and. When I would run through Bussy Woods, I'd be like, that's good. Uh-oh, that's got a lot of invasive buckthorn there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it is amazing. And how about families? Can families participate in this? Absolutely. Um, yeah, we, uh, uh, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm kind of spreading myself around uh, across both local organizations here, but um, both at Deer Grove and in Rolling Meadows uh, circles. Uh, they're, they're both family oriented. Um, you know, I would say, um, you know, there are some activities where, where, um, it probably is best if, if children are maybe say seven or eight years old, uh, you know, when we hand out bow saws and, and loppers and things like that, we don't want people too young, but if, if people have kids that are five or six and they want to come out, uh, as long as the parents are working with them, you know, um, and kind of make sure that uh, things are uh, overseen, um, you know, we, we can handle pretty much anybody from any age level. So it's uh, definitely a family-oriented activity. Well, that is great. Oh, thank you, Pete, so much for coming and talking to us, um, sharing your experiences and your stories. Uh, we really appreciate it and information on how people can kind of get involved. So um yeah. thank you pete jackson for joining just thanks. stories podcast well thanks for the opportunity i uh you know i hate to keep all this fun stuff to myself so i uh, appreciate it thank you pete and that wraps up this episode of just stories we hope you've enjoyed this time and you'll join us again just stories is a partnership with our savers lutheran church an elca member church where all are welcome and we join in God's reconciling work, which prioritizes disenfranchised, vulnerable, and displaced people in our communities and the world. Your hosts are people of Christian faith, and we recognize that God works through many vehicles, including those of differing faith or of no faith. Our guests may or may not be members of Our Savior's Lutheran Church. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend, and please subscribe. Tune in next time for more of Just Stories.